Hello, I'm John Deeks and welcome to Your Life Choices Podcast. Now I'm going to tell you a story. I'm 71 years old and I can remember in the late 1950s, my mother taking me to an osteopath for various problems that I had with my spine. Now I can clearly remember the wonderful Dr. Farmer, our osteopath, an American lady and a follower of the founder of osteopathy, Andrew Taylor Still. Dr. Farmer also helped my sister, who was born with one leg slightly shorter than the other. She cured that. My mum was a big believer, and she would always remember that Dr. Farmer saying that osteopathy was regarded at that time, well, to put it nicely, outside the normal medical practices. But uh, back then in the 60s and the late 50s, my mum was very much into health foods and such. She was no hippie, but uh, I don't think they had them around back then. But we've come a long, long way. Thank goodness. And I'm very happy today to have on the line the president of Osteopathy Australia, Dr. Michelle Funder. Michelle, welcome and welcome to Your Life Choices. Thanks so much for having me today, John. Yeah, back in those days, it was uh, almost voodoo and the medical profession weren't too crash hot on it, were they? No, we have come a very long way, but yes, there there is a, you know a lot of cynicism towards our profession. My um, uncle, who's in his eighties, is a professor of endocrinology, and was very upset when I said I was going to be an osteopath. But <laughs> over time, things have changed, and um, we have been able to educate those medicos to understanding what we do as a profession, which is essentially you know really trying to help people. Uh, first of all, let's get back to what is osteopathy? So osteopathy is an allied health profession. We are university trained and we are basically specialists in musculoskeletal um, injury and health. And in the same sort of basket as physiotherapists and chiropractors, there are a lot of similarities and a few differences. And one of those differences is the way that we do approach the body. So osteopaths, generally look at the whole person. So rather than just you have a sore hamstring, I'm going to rub and give you exercises for that hamstring, osteopaths look at the whole person and really try and work out why they have that pain. So looking at their feet, their ankles, their knees, their pelvis, talking to them about their lifestyle, stress, diet, the way they're sitting at work. So what we like to say is we look at a really whole body and holistic nature of the person to accurately diagnose what's wrong with them so that we can make sure we form the right treatment plan, give them the right exercises to help them keep doing what they love. So when should I go to a chiropractor? When should I go to an osteopath? When should I go to a physiotherapist? Very confusing for us. Start of a good joke there, John. Yeah, um, yeah. So a physiotherapist, <laughs> an osteopath and a chiropractor are in a lift and uh, no. <laughs> and one says, oh, my back. <laughs> There's no right or wrong answer to that. And I always tell clients or people that are interested, every practitioner treats quite differently as well. We're, we're sort of, I'm generally speaking on behalf of the profession, but within that there are osteopaths that treat like physios, physios that treat like chiros, chiros that treat like physios. You know, it, it is about finding the right practitioner for the patient. And, you know, like as a profession, we're all about patient-focused care. So we want to make sure that patients are getting better. So it doesn't matter which profession you're seeking as long as it works for you. But generally, for any musculoskeletal injury, you can see an osteopath. What are the kind of things that I would come to an osteopath for? Good question, John. So osteopaths treat a lot of lower back pain, neck pain, headaches, jaw tension, 
postural issues, so mid-back issues. We treat a lot of sporting injuries, so hip, knee, groin, foot and ankle. Some osteopaths actually work with babies, so infants, and they use a oh, very right. gentle um, technique. It's called craniosacral therapy, and that's, you know, you sort of would take your child there and think that the therapist is doing nothing, but it, it is actually a marvellous type of treatment for children that might have colic or poor sleeping issues or feeding or attachment, and, and even um, some practitioners are starting to work in hospitals to help um, with infants. So there's a real range of why you would see osteopath, but yeah, generally the bread and butter is those, um, you know, joint uh, joint pain, muscle tears, ligament strains. Now, a lot of our listeners to this particular podcast, a lot of them are over 50s, 60s, 70s plus. So there are a lot of uh, aches and pains. And I know myself, uh, as I'm getting older, you know, there are a few things that start to uh, wear out. Should I first go to my doctor and then get referred or should I, can I go to an osteopath and then and still be able to claim it? I take it uh, if I have uh, allied uh, coverage on my health insurance. What's the best way to go? Go to your doctor first? Uh, not necessarily, John. So you, you don't need a GP referral to see an osteopath. You can just book in um, without that. And most private health insurance companies have, you've got their extras, will have some osteo cover. So you can use that. Now, in saying that, if you are, if you've got a great GP and you're working with them, they can sign you up for something called a chronic disease management program. Ooh, that sounds that sounds very dramatic. It is a bit dramatic, but we we like to just call it a CDM, um, and it's the Medicare um, funded um, program to help um, Australians access allied health which is really great because it is about an access issue and making it equitable for all Australians. So if you go to your GP, they can give you five rebateable sessions for osteopathy through a calendar year. It's about a $50 or $55 rebate. So if if you go to the clinic, um, there might be an out-of-pocket fee. But, you know, everything helps depending on your circumstances. So um, you can go through that avenue and see your GP to get that Medicare referral or you can just book privately and attend an osteopath. If you can't make it to an osteopath, can they do house calls, so to speak? Um, There are a few osteopaths that do house calls and we also definitely do telehealth. Obviously, over the last two years, it's been a big pivot from that. Hang hang on, Michelle. How do you do a telehealth uh, with a manipulation, as my mother would have called what Dr. Farmer used to do? Yes. Well, well, not all osteopaths manipulate, um, so it's it's a little bit bigger than that. Mum would say, I'm off to get my manipulation from Dr. Farmer. So, all right, Mum. (laughs) All right. Does that sound familiar? Um, well, old yeah, school, I think man. It was old school. Very old school. I just noticed that you said that he fixed his, your um, yeah, his leg yeah. length discrepancy. So um, we definitely don't sort of preach like that at all. It's not um, sort of the, the main um, thing that osteopaths do. So what you're referring to is joint manipulation. So, you know, when you crack your knuckles, there's that audible sound. And joint manipulation is a great technique if required. So specifically, we find that if joints um, are a little bit tight and there's muscle tension around there and it is indicated that that technique would be used, we make 
sure that it's safe for the client and it's the type of manoeuvres that osteopaths do are very gentle and low amplitude, but it it's not the only. It's very much one of the few tech. Um, one of the techniques we use. We have a whole range of other things from um, soft tissue. A lot of osteopaths dry needle. A lot of them do exercise rehabilitation. Um, all sorts of stretching and other sort of joint mobilisation um, techniques. To, come to come a long way since the middle fifties. Yes, uh, yes <laughs> we're not just pulling on legs and all sorts. Of yeah. Stuff. Well, although I've got to tell you, though, it, it cured my sister and um, I still, although God bless my mum, and I'm talking about a lot about my mum, but uh, she was very, 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 very much on sitting up straight. And uh, she was in England where she was forced to sit in a chair at school, which had this sort of bow on the back if they weren't sitting up straight. And, uh, you know, those sort of things are very, very important. Where has osteopathy been? Where is it today? Where is it going to be going in the next 10 years? So we're the fastest growing allied health profession in Australia and I think we're going to see a lot more growth. There is the need, um, especially for osteopaths. We aren't geographically well distributed. There's a, there's a lot in Victoria, specifically Melbourne, then New South Wales and Queensland. So we only have 60 dear osteopaths over in Western Australia. I think there's about 25 in South Australia. So, you know, where are we going to go? We're going to hopefully, um, through more education and university courses, diversify and um, try and get more people being osteopaths because we think, you know, that Australian healthcare needs more osteopaths. Um, and so that's very exciting. Uh, we're, we're in aged care, we're in occupational rehabilitation, we're in the sporting world. One of my colleagues is the Geelong Football Club osteopath, oh. um, Dan, who's a, you know, been there for years and years. And I certainly know those athletes absolutely adore him. So, um, I think that it will just be the normal that there are osteopaths. Um, around helping people with injuries. If you'd like to know more, there's a very good website. It's simply osteopathy.org. That's O-R-G dot A-U, osteopathy.org dot A-U. Uh, everything there, including find an osteo and uh, a lot of other information that Michelle has, has covered. Uh, Michelle, I guess back pain is one of the biggest ones of all, isn't it? Absolutely. Back pain's as common as the common cold, although you probably don't want to talk about colds and flus after the last two years. But certainly, um, you know, after COVID, we've found that people's sort of physical health has really deteriorated because they didn't have access to mm. gyms and exercise and sporting clubs. So um, I think that we've found post the pandemic um, that people are, you know, they've also put on a little bit of weight, things like that. So we're, we're really seeing that post pandemic um, impact in, in our clinics. If you think osteopathy could be right for you, then just, as I said, go to that website, osteopathy.org.au. Speak to your health professional as well. And Michelle, um, we wish you great success and uh, good luck with your research moving forward. And uh, keep, uh, keep, keep on keeping on. I hope you do great, great work. Thanks so much for having me today, John. President of Osteopathy Australia, Dr. Michelle Funder. And I hope you did enjoy this podcast and you found it interesting and maybe a bit of help as well. And remember, for over 22 years, Your Life Choices has been providing Australians with essential news, articles and retirement resources. And with over 270,000 members and growing, it's absolutely free and we'd love to have you join us. We're Australia's longest established and most trusted digital destination for the over 50s. I'm your host, John Deeks, and on behalf of all the Your Life Choices team, be well and happy, and we'll see you next time. Listener.